Hello, and welcome to Tell Me About Your D&D Character, a podcast where people get a chance to talk about their characters from different role-playing games. I'm the host of the show, Jeremy Vine, and today's guest is Paris Burns, one of the players from the Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast Dungeons & Drongos, set in Fantasy Australia. And last week uh, we had Luke Milton, the Dungeon Master, from this podcast on, so this will be... It's good to listen to them back-to-back, is what I'm saying. Uh, we will have some of the other players on as well in future future weeks. As I mentioned in the episode, I've been listening to Dungeons and Drongos for quite a while now, and what has kept me invested have been the connections between the players and the characters. So it was a real treat to talk to Paris uh, about where the character of G'day comes from and how she's found playing D and D. What it's like um, going from not playing at all to or first time you've ever sat down and played it at as recording a podcast for it. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, I hope Paris did as well. Uh, so have a listen. Hopefully you'll enjoy the episode too. I, I grew up on the border of New South Wales and Victoria, and my parents still live up there, so I'm kind of getting updates from every once in a while. I'm just thinking, if I'd stayed in my hometown, I'd be watching all of this from my bubble just going wow i don't want to go over there i'll never get back mm-hmm. home yeah no, it's a weird way like viewing it all i'm nervous about if we do have a second wave whether we'll be like we got this we can nail it we've done it before or if we're just going to be like um sort of thrown in the deep end because like i said we didn't get to the stage where we were wearing masks and it wasn't really it was like it happened and then we all sort of mini dealt with it and then it just went away. We didn't have to put much, we didn't sacrifice a lot. Um, So who knows? (laughs) Has it been difficult recording for for Dungeons for Drongos? Um, It was, we had a bit of a break because it, it was more that we were so unsure, you know, um, some of us, we're out of work. I was working like 12 hour days at the shelter. Um, so emotionally we were like, let's just put that on the back burner for now. Um, and then when we started to realize that we want to record, we were still going to do a distance. So we, um, were recording from home, but it was weird because we were all recording our own track mm-hmm. and then Luke had to put it all together. Yeah. So like me and Zach had to be in separate rooms yeah. <laughs> recording. And then um, same Luke and Suzanne were in separate, um, they were in different apartments at that point. So we were all, yeah, recording on four tracks. And then twice or we had issues where um, Luke's didn't record. Mm-hmm. And after that time we were like, nah, we'd done whole adventures. And then he went to save it and he was like, guys, it didn't mm-hmm. work. And for, yeah so um and then by that point it had all pretty blown over here so then we were just like let's just get back to it but it's a very small space that we record in um we're like at a tiny little table with one microphone so um we didn't want to risk anything at that initial time when everything started as well no i think it's been a a real adjustment for podcasting in particular because you do have to be so Mm. close like normally i've got another podcast um of dice and dm it's just gonna throw a little plug in there for that one um (laughs) and we normally just record in a small room one one microphone Mm -hmm. and yeah thankfully two of the people involved live together so they can still record 
but for the last six months it's all been all been on zoom which yeah it's been fun it's it's like a good time because everyone's listening to podcasts and yeah. seeking new media um but then yeah in regards to actually getting together it's a bit of a odd time for that as well so yeah, yeah i can i can see that <laughs> well let's talk a bit about the podcast well we'll talk about g'day and g'day's role and mm-hmm. a lot of people probably have come to this from listening to luke's my interview with luke um last week mm-hmm. so they might know a general idea but let's hear your i guess take on dungeons and drongos and what the podcast is about and then maybe um, who you play in the, in the podcast <laughs> as well yeah of course um, yeah, so Dungeons and Drongos is our take on a real play D&D podcast, but the setting is in our version of Fantasy Australia, um, which I think comes from, you know, when you're a geek in Australia, you don't have a lot of uh, representation of what your sort of world is like, like a lot of the sort of settings uh old English or European sort of settings and a lot of sci-fi is very Americanized. So it was just our urge, you know, we're all creative people in Australia as well. And it's, there's not a great industry for the arts in Australia sometimes. So just celebrating. And I think within pop culture as well, Australia is a bit daggy. Like. (laughs) Yeah. We're the throw the shimp on a Barbie kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which we we thought was funny um, because we are a bit of a unknown or stereotyped sort of uh, culture. Uh, so there was a lot to explore there in, you know, making fun of those stereotypes or leaning into them or bringing whole other things to, um, to the table as well. Because I think Australia does have a lot of history and law and culture that adds to that setting as well. Um, and it just came natural to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the show, I play G'day, uh, trusty halfling ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sickly optimistic, I would say. <laughs> um, a bit feisty in that she's, you know, ready to throw down and have a fight if necessary. But I would say she um, is a, yeah, optimistic, positive, uh, assumes the best in people, little bit naive probably mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah she's she's a lot of fun to she's a lot of fun to play I really enjoy just being able to sit down at the table and be her um because she's just got the so much energy and like zest for mm. the adventure does you were saying before that we have a lot of those I guess like you were saying daggy cultural stereotypes did you draw on any mm. of those to create G'day or did she just spring fully formed from your mind or have you built her over time I definitely say she came to life over time um I think with her backstory which was the trope of um raised by wolves orphan you know parents killed by wolves I really wanted to intentionally be like that you know that is such a trope and do our our version of it um so she was it was dingledongers which is like a wolf like dingo type thing um very australian where yeah um she sort of was um more of a i call her a creature of necessity the character because she my idea of her was that you know she was very into nature and she was um you know raised outside of society um and then uh 
was going to be like the quiet type and she was going to be the brooding sort of type uh, and quickly realized that's not really going to work for our setting um, because she had to, you have to want to go on adventure. You know, you can't be like, no, I'm not doing this. Um, especially in the way that the format of the show is that um, it's quite like monster of the week sort of. Um, we didn't realise going into it that that's how it was going to be though. So, yeah, definitely um, her attachment to animals and nature um, was a lot inspired by, you know, our different sort of settings we have in Australia that um, she could bring to that. Initially I wanted to name her after a flower, um, like a native flower. Yep, um, like Banksy or ended up... bottle brush or something. <laughs> yeah, or Desert Pea or I think that's yeah. native. But, yeah, I was just thinking of those sorts of ideas and then, um, she ended up being G'day because I just thought it was funny that when she did come into society, people get going, G'day, G'day, G'day. And she was like, oh, that's me. So <laughs> she just thought it was her name and that's, you know, how she got her name. So definitely a lot of inspiration from, you know, Australian culture that created her as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking particularly that she's a ranger and that kind of works really well for the character. Did you come up with that before you decided on her backstory or was that um, based on, I want to play a ranger, let's come up with a backstory that matches that? Um, I can't really remember. I think, I, to be honest, I picked ranger because we all went out for dinner and they said, this is what we want to do. This is our idea for the show. And I'd never played D&D before. And I just, I'd looked into it a bit and I got so overwhelmed by so much of the spells and the lore. And I just said to them, I I really want to play something that's going to be not so much easier, but more organic that um, I'm going to be playing true to have my sort of way I want to play in like investigating and um, just less spell-based and because that just was a complete unknown for me. And I think they... Luke and Suzanne spoke to me a bit. They had more experience with D&D um, and they sort of ran through quickly like the stereotypes of each race and class. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Like they were like halflings um, would work with Ranger if we're going for a more nature type thing. Um, she was always going to be an animal lover because I'm such an animal lover and I can't help. <laughs> I can't help that. Um, There's one in every group that will just adopt yeah. <laughs> every creature that they come across. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, um, yeah, and they, when they said about halflings being, um, you know, quite friendly and optimistic and a bit cute, um, it just sort of came together quite organically, uh, yeah, um, and fit with, we'd already had that, uh, Zach had already picked tiefling fighter and Suzanne had already picked uh, wizard elf, uh, oh. so she was sort of that last little piece of the puzzle there, I think. All kind of fits in together. It's it's interesting listening to it because it feels like as personalities, you each fill a different role in the uh, in the adventure, but in the mechanics of the game, it's just what you enjoy playing. It's like no one's really a combat person. No one's really a spell. Well, uh, I guess with the wizard it is, but <laughs> it's more about the, the interactions you have with the other characters. And that's kind yeah. of where, um, where the joy of listening to the episodes come from. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with 
uh, like I said, it is quite a snappy podcast in the sense that our adventures are so short. Uh, I had, I tried not to listen to other um, like real play podcasts before I started because I just wanted to go in completely fresh and be like, this is how we're going to do it. And when we started and realized it was had that sort of episodic monster of the week feel, we definitely have to get to certain points quite um, quickly. And with the being comedy as well, you have to be, you can't, fake your sense of humor so you're you, it's going to be the first thing that pops to your mind it's hard to be in character when you're doing sense of humor as well and I think we are so different in our humor um and just as individuals as well and so when we all sort of come together um you definitely have that like you can step into the character but we all have little pieces of them with us um and I think that helps with the flow of it as well there um there's a because my background and zach's background as well is both uh improvised comedy yeah i was just about to ask Um, yeah so we there's a saying um or expression in like improv comedy i think it's called i haven't done it in a while but um called pimping and what you're doing is if you know someone's you know really good at something or you just you're setting them up for the win and I think we, as we, the more we did it, we got to realize that we know what's going to be funny if Plank does it. Yeah. Um, we know what's going to be funny to put Suzanne in that situation as Mackenzie. Um, so there's a fun element there because we all know each other's characters so well now and know each other so well that we can sort of mess with each other a little bit or, um, you know, set each other up for a, a bit of a win. Um without making it too obvious, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think for people who have listened to the podcast for a while, you're kind of expecting that as well. They're want, you're wanting that, that you come across mm-hmm. a situation that that'd be perfect for, for G'day. You want the other characters to go, oh, we better go get G'day because you'll deal with it better. Yeah. Or even putting like them in awkward situations. Like I love if there's an object that I can make talk, uh, you know, I know that Luke is going to, put on a silly voice and it's going to infuriate Mackenzie. So I will be like, you should go see Mackenzie or like, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. see her or you should chat to her or whatever. And she does so well at being like, you know, grumpy about stuff, but then playing along as well. So it's really fun to do that. And like, I, w- I would love to record like visually one of our episodes one time because what we're saying and then the faces we're making at each other and they like, you know, enjoyment that we're having is sometimes completely different as well. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, that's one of the things <laughs> that improv, I feel, is a very physical medium a lot of the time because you do have to make those motions and so much of it is in the face um, mm-hmm. that when you're doing it through an audio medium, it does, doesn't does lose anything, but you have to, I guess, give up some of that that potential humour of coming mm. a really great straight line coming from someone who's just gritting broadly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun because there's that element of mystery or, um, you know, we say a lot like, oh, God, you could see Suzanne's face right now or something yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, at the table, um, I'm quite physical. Luke's quite physical. So we're sort of sitting there gesturing and um, it took a while to get out of the habit of, um, you know, just making facial expressions or physical gestures and really 
like vocalizing everything that you're doing, um, which helps with creating the character as well, because you have to make bold choices when you're verbalizing them basically. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I think it would be very different if, yeah, people saw the visual of it um, and just the way we're sort of expressing and there's a, we cut out all the pauses, which I think mm -hmm. helps a lot because there are times where we'll just sit there and then you're sort of gesturing at someone like, no, like you're doing this or this, you're, this saying, your you're, you're dealing go, with, go, yeah. Go. That's, that's the only edit, editing we do though. That's just cutting out pauses and like the odd coughing fit and, mm -hmm. and that's it. Everything else is, is in, nobody got time to edit. <laughs> no, no, there's never any time. I was just, uh, so how long were you doing improv before you came to, to doing drongos? Um, I, I mean, I was a drama geek in school mm -hmm. in high school. Um, I started at doing stand-up comedy when I was like 14, um, which was a weird experience, like forcing my mum to take me to like bars <laughs> to do stand-up. Um, that's just more material. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually uh, I went to university for theatre and contemporary performance and we had an uh, improv class there, um, which is where Zach and I met as well. So... Um, after we went to uni, uh, we kept continuing to do improv. I moved more towards, um, you know, what we're doing with the podcast and cosplay and Zach still does improv um, locally in Perth at the moment as well, um, which definitely helps. <laughs> it yeah. helps a lot with, um, it, you know, not just because we're doing it on a podcast, but even if we were just playing standard game it would really help to have that um those skills that you learn when you're doing improv classes yeah i think that it's not essential for everyone who goes into dnd but i think it, that mm. that idea of just letting an idea spark and rolling with it before you've really thought out consequences or anything like that it, it makes adventures yeah fun. yeah definitely and um just encouraging other people's ideas really helps as well um yeah. and yeah, um, we, we sometimes joke about it in the show where we're like, oh, yes, and this, like when one of us suggests something really crazy. Um, but it definitely helped with just, you know, thinking quickly. And normally when you're doing improvised comedy, there's a lot of uh, games that you mm -hmm. base scenes around. And I always just saw D&D, &D, like when I started playing it, I was like, oh, this is just like an improv game. You know, yeah. you've got your rules and your restrictions and then you just jump into that world and play. Um, and <laughs> probably notice that there's some times, like some whole episodes where we don't even touch the dice because no. we're all just like <laughs> mucking well, around with each other. Sometimes you don't need to if it's just talking yeah. to NPCs and it's all, it still counts as an encounter. You're still interacting mm -hmm. and playing that role. It's like the dice yeah. sometimes just aren't necessary. Yeah, and we, yeah, I remember once recently when we were recording um, separately due to COVID, I'd forgot my dice on my desk and I was like, oh no. And then I was like, oh wait, I haven't needed them and probably won't need them for the rest of the episode. Um, they're fun because they make for those opportunities, um, especially for comedy when someone like really fails or yeah. um, does something super awesome. Um, but if they're, if we can get through an adventure and um, not need them, then you know, why not? And it's, I think combat in particular is kind of hard with the audio medium 
because sometimes you just yeah. need that, that visual of what's going on and where everyone's standing. So unless there's a lot of description, which can slow everything down, it's usually mm. better to just have it be, yep, you win. We're off to the next <laughs> thing and you get to talk and you get to play more of the comedy element. Yeah, especially um, with recording, because once we're rolling, if we're adding anything up or doing those sort of behind the scenes type things, we'll just go completely silent and then just cut that out later. Yeah. Um, so unless you've got something to say or something to add to the whatever's happening while the other person's doing their role or adding anything up, um, which can sometimes just have a momentary drop in energy for us. Like when we're on a roll with NPCs and mucking around and those sorts of things, you're just like flowing. And then when you get to combat, sometimes where it's just us sitting there, like having to be quiet while someone else is doing maths. Yeah. So it would be different if we were playing socially because you would chat and muck around um, still during those times. So it's very, very different in that sort of way as well. So you said before that this was the first time you'd really started playing D&D. Have you played mm. socially since? Have you started it as a, a hobby? Um, I haven't. I would like to. <laughs> um, it would be really fun. I'm very curious to see how that would go uh, in regards to pacing um, and those sorts of things and also taking it a bit more seriously maybe um, and maybe learning the rules, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I would really like to. Um, Zach and I, um, Zach obviously who plays Plank in the show, were just uh, talking about the other night and I was, you know, encouraging him to DM and thinking about all these different worlds. Um, it's great that we've lived in this sort of world for so long and it feels, you know, like second nature. But I was like, oh, there's so much other stuff. It's that yeah. literally anything <laughs> that we yeah. can explore. Um, yeah, I yeah, I definitely would like to, whether, yeah, it's D&D or any other sort of, um, you know, role-playing game would be super, super fun. And I feel less intimidated now. I sort of jumped in the deep end starting with a podcast. Yeah, a um, but you didn't have to learn the rules, so that was okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm very happy with the response to um, our feelings towards the rules in that mm-hmm. I was so nervous. And that was part of the reason I never played before the podcast because I was so scared that... Um, I guess of maybe gatekeeping and those sorts of things um, that I wasn't going to be welcome into a community. Like if I tried to join it or um, that I, you know, was just going to annoy everyone. And the rule, it seems so overwhelming. Like I remember once walking to a bookstore and just like grabbing a random book and being like, is this Dungeons and Dragons and opening it and being like, I had no idea what's happening. I probably grabbed like some random like monster manual or yeah. something and expected to know the game. Oh, that's um, the easiest way to start. You just grab a book that looks good and you kind yeah. of fill in the blanks from what you've got there or you find online like a quick start session and you don't yeah. know much more. It's very simple. To but everyone's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I think because we have that sort of attitude of like we're just giving it a whirl and when people do you know, hit us up and go, oh, by the way, we're like, sweet, thanks. Thanks for letting us know. Like I've never had people be like mad at us that we're not playing it right or anything. And I think because our general attitude towards it is so relaxed, you'd be a bit silly to get mad at us because you know what kind of response you're going to get. It's a very <laughs> Australian like, response or a very Australian <laughs> feel to it. Yeah, which maybe we need a bit more of. Like I think with a lot of geek culture, there is that, 
fear from outsiders that you like, you know, can I do that? Like, am I going to be able to, you know, will everyone get mad at me or mm. not welcome me? So I think having a more relaxed attitude, you know, can't harm anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit of fun. It's a, yeah. it's a good way to spend a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> so you're mentioning that um, you might try other systems or other other games. Would you have a character in mind before you sat down or do you like to just sit down and go, okay, this is how I'm feeling today. How's that going to fit in with what everyone else is doing? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I was going to play and create another character. I'd have to have a, a feel for the game, I think, mm-hmm. um, and like how long I'd be playing for. I think that if it was a really long you know, journey or adventure, I would find it really hard and not very fun to be um, like a negative sort of character or an an evil character. Um, That's why, you know, we've been playing now for like three years to be playing G'day is like a warm hug. Like I like being her. I like that optimism and I don't feel affected by it afterwards. so yeah, it, I think it would really depend on the game. But if it was going to be an, another D and D adventure, I would probably find another way to make um, someone nice and good. Yep. Maybe someone older that would be fun. Someone <laughs> more a little like, bit more experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, part of the reason I made G'day, uh, like I was saying before, I, she came from an outcast, you know, mm. society out in the bush sort of thing was because I was so scared, like I myself had no idea about what kind of races and class they, classes they even were in D&D when I started. And it was like, I, it was like I'm reverse metagaming. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I knew that I wouldn't have that information and I didn't want it to not make sense why my character didn't have that information. If she's gonna be asking questions about what's an orc, I need, <laughs> I needed that to be okay. So, um, like I said, you know, she's just, I made her out of necessity. I was like, cool, you can be, um, a bit naive because I'm not going to know that. And I want to be able to play it naturally rather than stopping the game and being like, Hey guys, can someone explain what I meant to know here? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's always, um, something that a lot of dungeon masters, I think come again, come up against that they've got this world and everyone kind of knows orcs are like this. But if they've built their own world, and particularly for something like Fantasy Australia, where it is very much recognisable to Australians, but maybe not so much for international listeners, that you need someone who's going to be asking those questions Mm. and those descriptions. So it's a good way of just, in the first session, grabbing people from one world and going, okay, now you're in a world where you have absolutely no idea what anything's like, so you'll (laughs) have to be introduced to everything. Yeah, that that actually makes a lot of sense. And I think... um... Luke does such funny world building in that regard of just adding Australian twists onto things um, that you want to hear those descriptions as well. Like you, you're, you're not just, whether you're a new person to Dungeons and Dragons or, um, you know, have been playing it for 20 years, you don't know what a like Australian version of a beholder is going to be like which we realized was pretty fun as well oh, um, so <laughs> so yeah anyone can jump in and feel like they're all getting the same sort of information so that was really great for me as a new player as well yeah 
Yeah. So just mentioning some of the um, the things that Luke has done, are there any particular favorite NPCs or characters you just want to keep coming back all the time? Um, I, I definitely love uh, ones like, <laughs> I love Jolo, the, the dwarf from the Pie Mine. Um, mostly just because I love how many like in jokes we have now. And, you know, every time we see Jolo and we're, you know, do you only live once and all that sort of stuff. Like it just makes me laugh. And I know how much Mackenzie hates him as well. So that makes me laugh too. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're actually talking about that today, like favorite monsters and those sorts of things. Um, I love the ones where it's like once around the fishbowl, we have the same interaction with them every time. Like, um, I don't even remember Bung Stunger, the mosquito man in the flask. And every I, time I, Plank I opens, yeah. oh, yes, <laughs> like yes. Plank all, <laughs> he opens it up and um, every time the guy's like, you know, wants to kill him and we have to figure out a way, you know, to not make that happen. So, to trick him back into the um, flask. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So those sorts of ones are really fun where, we know exactly what we're in for at the start of the encounter and we know how to get all those moments of comedy out of it uh, throughout it as well. It's like meeting an old friend. (laughs) No, that's good. That's kind of what NPC, every party has their favourite NPC. It might just be the shopkeeper that you're going back to visit all the time and you know you get good deals or they're they're, um, always looking to try and scam you and you, you can beat them in some way. But I think those really flesh out the world and make something more enjoyable because it is for the dungeon master to play a character as well. So you get yeah, that chance sure. to let Luke play, kind of. Yeah. And I think, like, um, a lot of the times some of these characters just happen because he needs someone to be there and then they end up being quite an integral part. Like... I have a habit and I think it's just because I like to mess with Luke where we'll meet someone who's seemingly not important and G'day starts going, what's your name? Knowing full well that he's not named this character mm-hmm. um, and then asking a lot of questions. Oh, you're that and getting a lot of information okay. out of them. Um, so I love all those. <laughs> I just think it's a lot of fun. And he always has something. I know he can handle it, like coming up with names on the fly and those sorts of things. Um but yeah, those sort of ones we meet uh, on the road, they're a lot of fun as well. And they're always, you know, we tease Luke for his five voices, um, but they're always a lot of fun to talk to. Um, I find that a lot of the the villains, you know, they tend to happen right at the end of the mm-hmm. adventure and then we don't talk to them that much. But, you know, the, we love to get bogged down with a shopkeeper along the way or someone pushing our cart <laughs> and they're the memorable ones because villains yeah. aren't great comedy but the guy on the side of the road that's that's <laughs> a gold mine basically <laughs> yeah definitely are there any particularly memorable adventures that not that you'd want to go back to but ones that you really enjoyed and and wish that you got to do again for a first time um i loved our first uh spookaroo adventure our first halloween one which was in the haunted bakery I think that was our first adventure where we'd encountered puzzles Mm -hmm. and I was so scared going into it. I was like, I'm going to be so bad at this. I'm not going to have a clue. And um, G'day tends to be the one who gets things a a bit quicker sometimes than the others, which is surprising. Um, So definitely that one. I enjoyed, um, we had the adventure that was sort of based on Round the Twist, the Mm -hmm. Lighthouse one, which 
gave us a bunch of tests as we went up. And that was, felt like one of the first times we had kind of a few serious moments in there, um, which was interesting because I'd never thought about that or I don't know, like we had a lot of deeper moments, you know, characters addressing how they felt about themselves, um, whether they were worthy and making tough decisions. And it was kind of out of the blue. Like we never know what we're coming into when we start recording. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. So definitely, yeah, the lighthouse, but there's just some adventures that I wouldn't expect would be memorable. And just for like the weirdest reasons, it might've just been like that. We had a really fun time recording. I know we had our, um, the one based on the Strictly Ballroom. Oh yeah. I can't even remember the, <laughs> the uh, name of it. Point Break Ballroom? Or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I just remember just cracking up that whole time and just seeing how many times we could get a character to say, you know, it's not Strictly Ballroom and those just like dumb jokes and yeah. those ones stick with me too because I'll get like my stomach will hurt from laughing and I'm sure, you know, as Alyssa, you know, I'm pretty much cracking up the whole episode. I can't help it. So, um, yeah, I, I really just enjoy those weird, funny ones. And you never know, like sometimes Luke might say at the start of an episode, all right, we've got space here where you can talk a lot um, and fill some gaps. Or sometimes he might be like, you know, this is, we got a lot to fit in, so we know. All right, maybe don't muck around uh, with that maybe character. Don't, don't go and ask that guy <laughs> on the side of the road what his name is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's all the the pre information we tend to get before each episode. That's good. That's that really um, does keep you on your toes each time. Yeah, for sure. And we have like um, we have the question at the start of each yeah. episode as well, which again was just something that happened organically and it has really helped create G'day as a character as well. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes it'll just be, what's your favorite, um, you know, Australian food or fantasy Australian food. And then sometimes yeah. it's like, what's your favorite character's favorite childhood memory. And that's really fun. And I think if I was going to play socially and not for a podcast, I would actually suggest that that would be something that a party did at the start of each session as well because it's just a fun little way to you know have a think and think about stuff you you know wouldn't have known and sometimes luke grabs those things and turns it into an adventure um it's a good it's kind of a warm-up to the session but it's also yeah a, an ongoing session zero for for a party <laughs> where you constantly yeah. thinking about well how does my character interact with these things that haven't come up before yeah and we normally get about 30 seconds to think he'll be like okay this is the question and then he's setting up the recording and we're like oh, oh what am I gonna say um so sometimes it's stuff I know uh canon wise there's probably a lot of things that I've answered those questions um that I've just like pulled out of nowhere and I'm like cool I guess that's how it is now um but that's a fun way to make three-dimensional characters because humans don't make sense no so <laughs> so your dnd character doesn't need to you know be perfectly organized um they can be conflicting um and you know think one thing one day and one thing the next like why wouldn't they that's how it should be as well yeah they they can grow as people yeah 
Which yeah, kind of, 100%. Kind of brings me to the next question. You mentioned before that Gadea was kind of created out of necessity and you had a, mm-hmm. a general idea of what she was going to be like. Have you changed that much over the course of playing her or do you have an arc that she's kind of working towards? Have you seen growth through her, through um, the games you played in? Yeah, I think... Um... I haven't listened back at the first episode, but I do specifically remember, you know, the idea I had in my head of her, which I initially imagined her a bit older, um, a bit more weathered and like I said, you know, um, a bit of a loner and a bit reluctant. And within like the first (laughs) episode, probably, I just realized it's not going to work, you know, to have her be reluctant to go on an adventure because she had to go you know you have to you can't just sit and be like nah convince me and I think that was a big improv thing um where it's like you don't you don't block people you've got to go along with what they want you to go along with um and then a big part as well was yeah fitting into the characters that were already established um Plank is an agent of chaos (laughs) and he is um you just never know what he's gonna do and if you give him two options, he'll pick the fifth option. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I, what I, I, I've improvised with Zach a lot before. And when we used to perform together, he's so funny. And I just always wanted him to have that freedom to go be funny, go do the crazy thing. Don't worry about me. I'll make it make sense. I'll make the plot work or I'll fit everything together and make a conclusion. Just do your thing. And with Suzanne as well, like she's so good at, that um reluctant adventurer without feeling like you're physically dragging her along because she doesn't want to be there she's Mm. you know she's a fancy elf what is she doing with us like roughing it so um yeah found my place quickly in regards to how we work the mechanics of the show that we needed someone who was going to be like yep cool we're going and that really helped create her Mm. and i really enjoyed that like i think there's a tendency sometimes to step away from that because it's not as cool. You know, it's not cool yeah. to be excited or whatever. Yeah, but, you're not, um, people aren't, everyone has to be convinced. It's not, you can just be enthusiastic because this is a new experience. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So she's just like that, that one that's just like, yes, I want to go here. Yes. I want to fight this thing. Um, and happy to talk to people. So um, I, it wouldn't make sense uh, for the mechanics of the show to not have someone there who is going to chat to NPCs, who's yeah. um, going to say yes when our manager gives us an adventure. Um, but also she couldn't be a full pacifist because she needed to say yes to combat as well. Yeah. So she's just this like bundle of energy who's ready to go, ready to fight, ready to problem solve, whatever you need her to be, she's going to be that. Um, which I do find sometimes um tricky in regards to saying true to character mm-hmm. it's a really fine balance between making an entertaining show making a, you know a narrative um that's going to go somewhere and also being true to her um but i i think we find that balance like if there's something where i'm like she wouldn't necessarily agree to this like we've had say adventures where it was like we had to catch a, an animal or something which I know G'day wouldn't agree with mm. then she'll go yes and then she turns around to the team and she's like we're going to get in there and then we're going to take down the person who's telling us to do this so we can still there's an adventure there we need to go on but her motive is separate so she's not a total yes man yeah, in that regard it's kind of building on that that yes and 
part of yeah. improv that you don't say, no, no, we're not going to do that at all. I'm going to take that on and then do it my way. Yeah. So she's, she's the yes. And then the, the and is where the character part gets to come in yeah. where she's going and I'm going to do it because of this, or I'm going to do it um, for this reason or, um, or she'll just, I'll just start pushing the other guys as well and being like, well, don't you want to do, you know, didn't you say this or didn't you do this and making the other guys find their, help them find their reason as well and um, push them along <laughs> in that regard. And I think story like wise for her and arc wise, she is probably on a journey of like maturing, but I don't want her to lose that spark and that naive like naive sense of wonder um because normally with maturity people think comes um hardness mm. and so making her mature um and smarter <laughs> like uh in less naive maybe. but why is that yeah, yeah yeah but without um making her colder um mm. or less excited for for life do you see that happening over the course of the show or you, do you just see that as a, a future step for her once the show ends or if that doesn't come to pass uh, during the course of the episodes? Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, we take the show, we normally play it in real time mm. where if a week passes for us, then a week passes for the characters. And um, so I it's quite a slow progression, but I don't know. I guess I think if we jumped forward, you know, a bunch of time and saw today in the future, I don't think she'd be totally different, but I think that she would be uh, wiser in the sense that maybe she'd be a bit more of a leader um, and um, more to be more willing to take on responsibility. Like I think at the moment she does naturally sort of sometimes lead the team or she does naturally inspire people, but I don't think she's realised within herself her potential to um, spread that and encourage others and lead in that way. I think she sort of would doubt her potential. So maybe that would be something that we'd probably see yeah. um, down the line. That would be fun to explore. That'd be a good adventure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do the time jump and uh, the future dystopia, a bit more Mad Max feel to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting. I don't think we've had a Mad Max adventure, but I think the whole show feels like a Mad Max, a bit, <laughs> Mad <yeah>. Max adventure. <laughs> yeah. The appearance of Meth Face felt a little bit War Boys to me, but maybe that was just me. <laughs> kind of tying in with Meth Face, actually, you are a cosplayer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you have cosplayed as Gaday in the past. There, yeah. Have, have you found any other people who cosplay as Gaday or um, cosplay as the other characters from, from Drongos? No, not that not, not that yet. I've seen, and I, I'm I'm pretty uh, active on you know across all platforms and social media. So no, I haven't seen anything like that. I would love to because there's so many visual uh, options there. And to I've seen a lot of fantasy cosplay and a lot of um, you know original character cosplay and those sorts of things, um, and they're very inspired by, like I said. The, the worlds that we already have. Um, so to have that's inspired by our fantasy Australia setting would be really cool to see. I would be so excited. And even people making their own characters set in that environment yeah. would be super, super awesome as well. That'd be amazing. Well, what character would you like to see someone cosplay from fantasy Australia? 
Not Canon oh. Gaday, obviously. That's, <laughs> that's kind of the ultimate uh, compliment when someone cosplays as your character. <laughs> oh my god, I would die. Um, I, I would like to see a plank yeah. um, because uh, it would just be cool to see someone as a, a tiefling, but plank's such a snappy dresser um, and he's always got his outfits and his costumes, um, but I feel like he he's the perfect visual representation of that like fantasy and Australia he's right in the thick of it um and yeah that that would be a lot of fun or someone like um uh <laughs> I've forgotten his oh um the the sweet kicks guy oh Jace Hemsworth yes yeah, yeah I, I, I like, love something yeah <laughs> He's actually, he's another favorite that I'd love to come across because, you know, you're going to have a good time with him. Yeah, he's got um, sweet yeah, kicks. Yeah, the best. <laughs> I'd love to see a Jace um, just sweet kicking it all over the place. <laughs> uh, where can people find your adventures as G'day or you online um, in general? Yeah, so if you search Dungeons and Drongos um, for the podcast, we're on Spotify and iTunes and just the internet in yep. general. Um, and then if you want to follow any of my adventures, I'm on mostly on Instagram um, at Paris Burns. Um, I've got some, yeah, G'day cosplays up there, which uh, were a lot of fun. And I've got links to all my other social medias and things that I'm doing as well. Awesome. Paris, thank you so much for, for talking with me today. Uh, I've thank had a great you. time. It really is. I've been listening to the podcast for at least over a year now. So it's yeah. really been a joy getting to talk to you about all this. Oh, uh, thank but you. If you could sign off to our listeners as G'day, just say a farewell, um, just a brief message, whatever you'd like to say in character for them all. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, it's been fun to say G'day to you all, but now it's time to say goodnight. That's all from me for this week. That's all from the podcast. I hope you had a great time listening. I really enjoyed speaking with Paris. Um, it really was a treat for me um, getting to pick the brain of someone I've been listening to uh, play Dungeons and Dragons for quite a while now. And um, I do a lot of the time in that episode, we were talking about Zach uh, as well and Plank. Uh, Plank will be on, or Zach, I should say, we'll be talking about Plank on a future episode. If you would like to stay up to date with everything going on with Tell Me About Your D&D Character, you can come over to our Facebook page and or our Instagram account, both of which are at Tell Me About Your D&D. There's also a Twitter account, which is at Tell Me Your D&D, because Twitter has character limits. If you've got some ideas for who I'd like, who you'd like me to talk to on the show, uh, please nominate someone. That's hopefully how I'm going to be finding more people. Shoot me an email. The email address is tellmeaboutyourdnd at gmail.com. It's really kind of a, hey, I think this person's really interesting and I know they play D&D really well. Do you want to get in touch and have them on the show rather than let's go out and plug yourself? Simply because I want to know why you people, why you people, why you listeners would like to hear someone on the show. What kind of kind of people you want, want me to talk to? Upcoming, coming up. 
uh, this weekend there will be a special episode, uh, just a short little one, just a sneak preview of some stuff that I've got in the pipeline. So uh, keep your ears peeled for that one. And you can also like, review, rate, share, subscribe, all the cool stuff that we need to do to get the podcast out there. I would love it if you could. It really would help. Um, and hopefully will get me out to to wider ears and it means that I can go after, go after, like I'm a, like a sports agent or something. Um, I can approach higher profile people and say, hey, let's get you on. My goal at this stage is Donald Faison uh, from Scrubs. So if anyone knows Donald Faison and would could get me in and let me talk to him about Dungeons and Dragons, that would be great. Uh, so that's the goal at the moment. But please share us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, anywhere you're listening to this, if you can leave us a review, if you can leave us a rating, that would be wonderful. I would appreciate it so much. In addition, I am raising money this year for the Polish Man campaign. This is a charity that helps get children out of abusive situations um, where there's a threat of violence, which I believe, well, I feel is something that is more important this year than in any other, um, given the number of lockdowns and times when kids may not be able to go somewhere else. it's something I feel very strongly about, and it's something that everyone can help with. It's donations don't have to be a much. Uh, I'm not. I'm putting out a free podcast. I'm not going to ask you for. Well, I am asking for money, but I'm not asking for a lot of money. Anything you can give. I just discovered recently that a hundred dollars keeps a, a child in a, a safe place in a safe home for a month, feeds and clothes them, and shelters them. If everyone gave a dollar, we could easily end all of this um but i understand if other people if people are having a really hard time and aren't able to give this year that it's it's not uh there's no pressure from here it's just something i feel i should use my platform uh as small as it is to try to get out there and um raise some money as much as i can i've already donated for mine for for myself um and a number of people have already donated i've already hit my funding goal uh, and I've had to increase it, which is even better. Um, if anyone's got some some good extra milestones that I can do to paint my nails, which is part of the Polish Man idea, um, yeah, shoot me an email and I'll come up with some. But you can also donate to, to my campaign. The address will be in the show notes, but it is my.polishman.com slash Jeremy hyphen vine, which is a bit of a mouthful, but it's much easier when it's written down. Last of all, the art for the podcast is done by Tori Tedeschi, who is a previous guest. Uh, Music for the show is done by Stephen Spencer. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, everyone. May all your hits be crits. (laughs) 